Welcome to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman, the podcast dedicated to helping you build the business of your dreams and live the life you always hoped for with valuable and fun tips and info to make your life easier and more fun. And now, here's your host, a man who sprinkles metal shavings on his breakfast cereal just for fun, Jason Silverman. Everybody and welcome to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman. I'm your host, Jason Silverman, and I'm thrilled to share some time with you again today. As you know, I'm always on the hunt for interesting as well as super smart Real Deal guests. And I gotta tell you, today's show is a grand slam home run. I want to introduce my listeners to somebody who's truly been there and done that, and I'm excited to pick his brain for your benefit, and really, for my benefit as well. Now, for the folks who I work with in any of my coaching programs, my mastermind group, or through Powerful Words Character Development... You know how much I focus on the importance of the customer, right? This show is going to help us to do just that. So today, it's going to be my honor and privilege to share an amazing resource with you. You're going to love today's guest. He's got a ton of valuable information about really a whole host of of topics that really are the difference between mediocrity and success. So I want you to strap yourself in. Today's show is going to be a blast. As I'm sure you already know, I'm committed to helping business owners just like you to become more successful, enjoy your career more, and in general, make your life significantly more fun. We only get one ride on this merry-go-round, folks. Let's make sure it's one hell of a ride, shall we? Alrighty, boys and girls, it is now that time. I want you to stop surfing Facebook. Put away your phone, your tablet, your dog, your cat, your spouse, your child, anything that might possibly distract you from today's show. You're about to get some great and immediately implementable information. I don't want you to miss even a second of it. So... Before we officially get going, let me give you a little bit of background about our special guest expert today. Peter Shankman is a multiple startup founder with several successful exits under his belt. He's a best-selling author, focusing on the customer economy. He's the founder of Help a Reporter Out, the world's largest source journalist matching tool, and he runs Shankman's Breakthrough, a private online entrepreneur community with hundreds of members around the world, as well as Faster Than Normal a leading ADD, ADHD podcast, which I got to tell you folks, if you work with kids, if you work with human beings, go listen to the podcast. Like every time it comes out, go listen to the podcast. Um, that podcast focuses on the benefits of being gifted with ADD and ADHD. Also, you can find him over at www.shankman.com. Peters, thank you so much and welcome to The Real Deal. I'm thrilled to have you today. Jason, great to be here. Great introduction too. <laughs> well, thank you. So, Listen, before we officially get started, for those who haven't had the opportunity and pleasure of either meeting you, hearing you speak, listening to your podcast, or listening to any or reading any of your books, do me a favor. Take a second, you know, share your story with our listeners. Who are you passionate about? What makes you tick? Who is Peter Shankman? Oh, God. Uh, that is always an interesting question that changes by the microsecond. I, you know, I wasn't supposed to be doing any of this. I was in grad school. I was studying fashion and portrait photography. Uh, it was a great way to meet women. Um, with about 18 credits to go, I lost my financial aid. The government said, sent me a letter to your parents make too much money. We're taking away your financial aid. I sent the government back a letter and said, you know, my, my parents do make too much money, but um, they keep it. And the uh, government didn't find that funny. So <laughs> I moved back to New York, um, was hanging out in a, in a Melrose Place chat room in America Online in the mid-90s. And uh, someone in that chat room said, you know, my company said to build a newsroom. Why don't you submit your resume? I had absolutely no experience. This will be great. Two weeks later, I was being hired by America Online to become one of the founding editors of AOL News. And um, I put my journalism degree to some good use and helped launch the America Online newsroom. Um, was ridiculously, uh, uh, you know, made up the rules as we went along. And it was a lot of fun. Um, wound up 
leaving there, starting a PR firm back in New York, sold that during the height of the dot-com boom, uh, consulted for several years, and eventually came up with this idea, help a reporter out, that connected journalists with sources all around the world. Um, that was acquired three years later by PR Newswire, and uh, it's been a really fun ride. I've, I've gotten I've gotten really lucky. Um, one of the really one of the reasons I learned that one of the reasons I realized that everything I was doing I was doing was because I have massive ADHD. Um, was diagnosed several times with it. Uh, not until I was thirty five. Wasn't diagnosed until around thirty five, but obviously had it for years. And uh, in school, it was just called uh, sit down. You're disrupting the class disease, and um, it became this sort of massive. Uh, wake up call for me. I'm like, oh wow, I can do uh, all of this. This is incredible. And look at look at the ability I have to do this stuff. And you know, my brain works faster, and so I can do this. And so that to me was pretty awesome. And um, from that, launched a podcast called Faster Than Normal, where we talk to celebrities, CEOs, uh, tons of people in different forms of power, where they discuss their ADHD and how they believe it's benefited them. That led to a book published by Random House that came out about a month ago called. Faster than normal, uh, which was an Amazon bestseller, multiple category Amazon bestseller, and um, yeah, I'm I'm very lucky and having a lot of fun. I think that's the best way to put it. It's it's interesting. Um, there's a there's a trend when I speak to uber successful people. It's amazing how many of them say they're lucky, uh, and it's also amazing how many of them put the work in to be lucky. Well, you know, and that's the thing. I think that um, uh, who was it? Uh, Abraham Lincoln. Right was quoted as saying, uh, "I'm a big believer in good fortune, and I find that the harder I work, the more of it I have." <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's clearly accurate, and uh, I also feel like, you know, the the ADHD thing, um, it really you put a uh, you put a really great. I know you did a video on it. You did an article, um, maybe for Medium on. Just that the fact that it really is a superpower, and I know later in this interview I want to talk to you more about that, but that alone, um, as having family members with ADHD, that was a total paradigm shift. So I know that wasn't the point of your of writing that article or doing the video, but that really changed how I view it. So thank you for uh, thank you for that. You know the problem is I think I think so many people spend so much time uh, focusing on the negatives of ADHD. And it just drives me crazy because, you know, it's not level four Ebola, <laughs> right? And, and if I gave you a Lamborghini and said, here, I'm going to take away the Honda that you've been using since forever, and I'm going to give you a Lamborghini and said, you know, you would be pretty happy with that. Well, that's what your brain is. Your brain is a Lamborghini, and you have a faster brain than normal people who are just driving a Honda. And so as long as you learn how to use it, you know, you can really change the world. And so that's the, that's the key. And, and that's what I'm trying to get that message across because I'm just, I'm sick of, 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 of telling, of kids being told that they're broken, right? I'm sick of putting five-year-olds on amphetamines because they're acting like, you know, they're five. And maybe, maybe instead of amphetamines, maybe we give them, you know, protein, some eggs instead of some chocolate frosted sugar bombs for breakfast. And then instead of sitting in front of the TV before school, let them run around for a little bit. You know, and we see amazing differences. Well, who was it? Um, and I, I know I had him on the show, Doctor uh, Doctor Hallowell. Ah, um, good friend of mine. Yep. Oh, perfect. Ed, well, Ed, Ed wrote the forward to my book. Phenomenal man. Truly, is his commentary was that uh, ADHD was, but it, like having a Lamborghini with bicycle, Ferrari brakes. brain with bicycle brakes. Yep. 
<laughs> it's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And I, and I, I clearly see it. So Nikki's we'll, we'll, we'll jump into that. But my, the first question I had for you, and I know because, because of the varied um, experience you have, I feel like your insight on this is going to be interesting. So um, what would you say in your experience are a few of the biggest mistakes that you see companies making today in regard to how they both view and treat their clients? I think the, the biggest thing that, that I'm seeing is that companies are still looking at customer service as a cost, right? As, well, we don't want to be, you know, do that. It's going to cost too much. And, and the funny thing is that it costs virtually nothing. And the concept behind that is very simple. We expect in any social or any customer uh, situation, we expect to be treated like crap, right? I don't, you know, we expect our dry cleaning not to be ready when they say it is. We go on an airplane, you know, if our flight takes off on time, lands on time, and we're not pulled off the plane by our nostrils, we're pretty excited about that. And it's, oh my God, this is the best flight ever, right? They, you know, we're calling the best flight ever something where they didn't crash into a mountain and they did what they, exactly what they said they do and nothing more. I don't need you to be amazing. I just need you to be a couple of levels above what we expect. And the bar is so ridiculously low that, yeah. I mean, you look at the, um, my favorite joke, two guys are, are, are running in the woods on a trail run and they see a bear and they freak out. The first one bends down very slowly and he tightens up his running sneakers, you know, tightens up laces and stands back up and the second guy says, don't be crazy. You can't outrun a bear. And the first guy says, no, 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 I just need to outrun you. Exactly. Right? I don't need you to be awesome. I just need to be a little bit better than what people expect. Hmm. Uh, I know your, your, your M&M um, suggestion has worked just amazingly. I, I remember you posted it, um, it was, maybe it was a blog post a, a while back, and I read it, and I had a flight three days later, and I'm like, ah, you know what? I'm just, I'm just going to implement. We'll see what happens. And truly, truly amazing. Now, granted, um, they should have treated me wonderfully anyway, but what a difference. And again, both from, from their perspective, I'm sure they're used to being treated like crap as well. Well, that's the thing. You know, I don't need you to be awesome. I don't need you to be, you know, I, so I show up in every airplane and I bring, um, I bring, uh, um, M&Ms and I give them to the lead flight attendant and I go, hi, this for everyone. Please share these with your, um, with your, uh, uh, Coers. And I'm not, you know, I, I fly 250,000 miles a year. I'm not looking for a, uh, an upgrade. I'm not looking for it. I usually get that already. What I'm looking for is simply to, um, uh, make the cabin crew feel a little better. Why? Because the cabin crew has a crappy job to begin with, right? They have 250 people, the majority of whom never flown before, or, you know, who go to grandma twice a year and have no idea what to do. And, um, you know, they're already, they've already been told their luggage won't fit and da da da. So here I am saying, you know what? I'm going to actually be the guy on the plane who does something nice for you. And it blows people away. And, and as soon as you do that, the flight attendants want to be nicer to everyone. And that's really the key. Can you be nicer to everyone? Can I do something that helps the entire plane essentially get an upgrade? You know, and that's the only reason I do it. I'm not looking for anything. It's, it's literally to make people have a nicer day. For 10 bucks worth of M&Ms, best investment you make all day. No question about it. <laughs> that's, that's brilliant. So tell me this because... When I, um, one of the, one of the secrets I learned a long time ago was find an author, read one of his books. If you like it, go buy every book he, go buy every book he's ever written. Yeah. Um, which is of course what I did. And, um, of course your faster than normal came out right after I got all the other ones. Um, but you know, I went through zombie loyalists and I thought that was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, 
and I'm hoping, you know, you would share some of your top suggestions, you know, how do folks, or what, what, what can you, where, where can folks start with both building and maintaining a loyal following of clients or prospects or whatever? I think the best way to do that is to, you get the customers you want by being awesome to the customers you have. Right? I don't think enough people realize that. You know, everyone runs out and says, look at how awesome we are, and they tell everyone else how awesome we are. Focus on the customers you have. Let them do your PR for you. I've said this before. No one believes how great you are if you're the one that has to tell them. Right? So all I want you to do is I want you to be a little bit better than what people expect to the customers you already have. They, by default, will bring you the customers that you want. And they will do that, especially in this new economy in which we're in, where the, the entire world can go out and, and, you know, with one Instagram post, share how great you are, and then the network picks that up. So it's no longer about Yelp or TripAdvisor. It's literally about if I have an amazing experience with your company, the simple act of going back there or taking a picture of it or whatever the case may be tells the network that I enjoyed it, and the network then by default will recommend that to friends when they're looking. You know, when you land in Los Angeles and you live in New York and you land in L.A. and you turn on Facebook, Facebook says, hey – you know, you're at this hotel. There were 34 of your friends have eaten in restaurants around this area. You know, three of them have had have been to steakhouses. We know you like steak. Do you want me to make your reservation to any of these? I trust that person a lot more than I trust a random review from Yelp. Right, 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 right. And that's so, where we're going. So you're obviously you're you're being awesome. Can you give me an example of how can folks be awesome to their people? I mean, again, most of our, many most of my listeners work in that after school activity world where they're they're working with kids, they're working with parents. Um, how can they be awesome or even more awesome? I think, you know, it's the little things of noticing what the, noticing what your, so you work with parents, you know, working with kids. What do the kids do? Can you get a digital camera and just take some fun photos for them? Right? Mm. You know, can you do little things that people otherwise wouldn't expect? That, you know, there's a, there's a, uh, my kid, my four-year-old goes to a, um, goes to a school and she has a, um, she has a, uh, Teachers who have this digital camera, and every day they take fun little things, they take fun little photos, and they send this out, a cute little update. It's probably the only email I read, you know, without a question immediately as soon as I get it, right? So what can you do for little things like that? What can you do to make the audience like what you're doing just a little bit more and say, wow, that was really decent of them, that was kind of them, I didn't expect that, right? And the flip side, a lot of times, it's also just as easy as um, doing being brilliant at the basics. I have, um, uh, when my daughter first started this, you know, kinder care, whatever, pre, pre, preschool, whatever it is for a couple hours a day. Um, you know, it was the first time I ever had to give my daughter to someone else to watch. Right. And I was a little freaked out about that. And, you know, they seem really nice and she seemed to enjoy it when she got home. And, you know, we get a letter at the end of the day, just want to let you know how awesome it was, what a great time we had with, and then they mess up her name. Oh, I'm like, okay. So, of course, I went, like, apoplectic on that. You know, it's like, <laughs> you had one goddamn job. You know, how can I trust <laughs> that you're going to do anything else right if you can't get my daughter's name right? Jeez, okay. But, again, that's, that's, and that's, like I said, about the basics. Well, and that yeah. also, I mean, if they can't get your daughter's name right to you, are they calling her Apollonia all day? And exactly. exactly. You know, that would be my concern. So, like, oh, my gosh. So the, <laughs> just this morning. The shrink's couch are going to really add up after that. <laughs> <laughs> just this morning, I get an email. Got an email from someone, of course, I screenshotted it, and it said, um, the subject line was, uh, it's so great to reconnect, it's so great to personally reconnect. And the, um, first line of the email, hello, colon, colon, first name, colon, colon, it's so great to reconnect. Oh, come on. 
said trombone, right? Wah, wah, wah. God, you know what? It, it, it's that it's the extra two seconds it takes to proofread your work. Yep. It's. I mean, this is a conversation I'm having with my my eight year old right now. As far as you know, it, it's, it's an extra thirty seconds to review your work versus having to listen to the teacher tell you you did it wrong. Measure twice, cut once. <laughs> very very simple. That makes sense. So so being awesome at the basics, I think, is is brilliant. So after building so many successful businesses, offering a library of books. Um, what are your biggest tips to small business owners who want to grow, who haven't really done anything past just doing the thing? Get out of your comfort zone. Get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, you know, if you have a company that's doing well and you're making money, that's great. You know, it's easy, but it's easy to get complacent. Complacency leads to stagnation. Stagnation leads to failure. Right? So prevent that stagnation. What can you do? So I, I, I do several things which also help, help balance out my ADHD. Um, you know, I'm well aware that every morning, uh, I have to exercise before I even step out of my bedroom or before I talk to the world. I have to. Uh, so it is very important for me to, uh, do something to change my brain chemistry, right? That simple act of doing that gives me the dopamine, the serotonin I need to rock my day. Um, as a, as a, as a business owner, I know that having, having done that will allow me to do better as it were. What can you do to allow yourself to do a little better? So it seems, I mean, it seems to be the consistent thread here is the, uh, the incremental growth of the Well, that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, Hey, I'm doing well. We're doing 5% better this year. Great. And you tend to get stagnant, right? Mm -hmm. Stagnation can kill you. Yeah, that, that totally makes sense. And the thing is, I'm not, you know, that's the other thing. I'm not asking you to go out and do whatever. I'm not asking you to change the world. I'm not asking you to go, you know, run 600 miles before breakfast. I'm asking you to do something a little different that just changes up the things a little bit because the status quo is boring as hell. Well, and I know, you know, from what I've read, um, obviously, you know, you're, you're, you're an Ironman athlete. Um, do you find that changing and focusing on your physicality has helped you, you know, in the business world. So funny. I mean, no question it has, but it's just hysterical. I'm, I'm an Ironman athlete. I mean, I am in the respect that I finished an Ironman. So yeah, I guess I'm an Ironman athlete. But you know, I look at some of the Ironman athletes who win the races, and I'm just like, well, I've competed in the same race as them. You know, I, I, I joke that I don't, I don't finish with the Kenyans. I finish with like guys named Ken. And uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's, it's just. I, I like challenging myself, and I know I'm not going to win. I mean, for God's sake, I, I, my local running club is the New York Roadrunners, right? 8,000 people show up for a local 10K, 10K including like 18 Olympic winners. I'm certainly not going to win, but I also know I'm not going to come in last. So, you know, you, you find that, that, that middle ground where you just know that you're doing something and you're pushing yourself. I don't need to beat everyone. I just need to beat myself yesterday. That's all. And not every – I won't beat myself yesterday every single day, but I try. Well, and on those days, I mean, this is this is probably a really important lesson. On those days where you don't beat beat yourself from yesterday, um, how do you move forward? How do you not like curl into the fetal position and rock yourself and hum? I have two choices. You know, I can bitch about it or I can look forward. And I find that bitching about it, I get I let my, allow myself to bitch about it for five minutes and I move on. Right? I give myself that five minutes, lock myself in a room, whatever. I don't post on social media. You know, <laughs> but I allow myself that five minutes and I just move on. Life's just too short, man. Life is really just too short. You know. When I'm dead, 
I don't want to sit there and count them. Because I'm sure I'm gonna, gonna, there's going to be a math test after I die. And it's going to be like, you know, how many days did you spend, how many hours, minutes, whatever days did you spend bitching about stuff that you couldn't change? How much time did you spend just living your life? That's what I want to focus on. Mm. Brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant. I, I want to dive into um, into your Faster Than Normal book, if, if, you, if, you, if you'd be willing to. Because, yeah. um, you know, when you talk about the, the power and the gift of the ADHD brain, um, you know, Obviously, you've already talked about, you know, getting that dopamine push in the morning uh, by getting some exercise, you know, but how were you able to use it or how were you able to transform or realize that you could transform it from what so many consider to be a disability into your superpower? Well, you know, again, it really comes out that that having that faster brain, no one is going to not want a faster brain. And I think the key is to understand sort of what you're doing and how you can enjoy that faster brain. Um, for me, I am really all about understanding these are my gifts, these are my skills, this is what I'm not good at, but here's the stuff I am good at. And I'm going to focus on the stuff I am good at and focus on using that every single day because that's the stuff that's going to be a lot more fun for me, right? And the stuff that I'm not great at, I'm either going to allow um, other people to do or – I'll do it a little bit after after I do other stuff. Because at the end of the day, I want to be able to do stuff that I love and stuff that I enjoy because that's the stuff I'm best about and that's the stuff I'm really good at. Mm. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. I guess the next part of my question, and this is really for so many of the folks who are listening who are saying, you know, gosh, I have X percent of my student body has ADD, ADHD, LMNOP, whatever they've got, um, I'd love to know more about this as far as how to help them achieve more rather than to look at them. Because I'll tell you, I owned a martial arts school for 17 years, um, and I remember having kids and thinking, oh my gosh, like I have them for 45 minutes, um, and, and I'm having a challenge. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not prepared for this. Um, I wish there was a kind of continuing education that allowed me. Now, granted, I had a wife with a PhD in child development who, you know, really could rock that. But as right. an instructor myself, I didn't have that. So, you know, what can you share uh, or what do you feel like people need to know about these kids and teens so that they can look at them differently as opposed to somebody who's fidgeting or somebody who's, like, got super amounts of energy? How do we How do we transform the paradigm that, that the instructor or the owner looks at them versus what they've been looking at them as? Well, first and foremost, <clears throat> first and foremost is the concept that these children are not broken. They are not broken. They are not uh, less than any other kids. And that is, I, I don't believe that can be re- repeated enough, right? Because, you know, We've, we're in a society where we're telling you, you know, you're different and different is wrong. And so let's put you on medication to make you like everyone else. And that is the, possibly the worst thing we could ever, ever tell our children. Okay. What we should be doing is embracing what they, what their differences are and why their differences are so awesome. Do you really want, if you're running a company, Fortune 500 company, do you want everyone to be exactly like everyone else? How does that benefit your company? How does it allow your company to grow? Come up with new ideas. Tell me that everyone at Apple is exactly like everyone else. I really doubt it. Right? So what can you do to – the first thing you can do is focus on these kids and let them understand they are not broken. They are not uh, 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 on the island of misfit toys. 
Their brains work differently, and there is absolutely nothing wrong with that at all. How do we help? Um, is there a way to help um, add to their focus so that and is and, and is it maybe not adding to the focus? How do we help them grow the passion? Because what I've seen is, um, you know, you, you tend to focus on whatever you want to focus on. Right. Well, you got to find out what they love. Let them do more of that. I think that one of the best things you can do is allow the kids to um, to jump up and down, get some exercise. You know, just because we've we've all sat in um, uh, uh, um, chairs and desks and not moved during class for the past hundred years doesn't mean it's the right way, mm. right? And you know, I am a huge fan of walking meetings. All my meetings are walking meetings, or they're stand up meetings, or whatever. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with doing that. And so, what can you do to allow your Students, can you, can, you know, there are college universities now that allow the kids to go to the back of the room, right? If your, you know, kid isn't focused, he can get up on his own, go to the back of the room, take a little break, walk around. He's still listening. He's just simply changing the chemistry in his brain. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I'm a huge believer that we need to be doing more of that. More of that, more of that, more of that. Definitely. That's brilliant. I love that. And it's some, certainly something we've, uh, we've incorporated at home. So. Oh, yeah. Um, it's huge. And it's also, it's also interesting, you know, and, and I've actually watched, you know, my son um, sit through and be fidgeting and doing all this thing. And I'm thinking, you know, come on, you're not focused, you're not listening. And then afterwards, he'll, he'll repeat exactly oh, yeah. in minute detail. Yep. I was like, oh, I didn't think you were listening. He was like, I was listening. It just didn't look. <laughs> and, I, and I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, right, because you could do three things at the same time. And you actually can do that. That's awesome. I love so, that. That's brilliant. All right. It's time for our resource of the week, Peter. So tell me this. How can my listeners find out more about you and your books and how you go about helping entrepreneurs to succeed? Yeah. So my entire life is at shankman.com. That's my personal site. Um, I would suggest checking out shankminds.com, which is our mastermind. And we actually have a mastermind event coming up, if any of them are in New York City, at shankminds.com slash NYC. That's coming up in January. It's an all-day in-person event with uh, four keynote speakers, including a former Navy SEAL and the business reporter at Mashable. It'd be pretty amazing. Um, and I am at Peter Shankman on all the socials, and I encourage your, your listeners to reach out. Fabulous, fabulous. All right. One of the ways I, I, I always love to end my podcast is this. Um, if you could give business owners just one solid piece of advice to either help their business or, more importantly, you know, help them to live a better life, what would that piece of advice be? Stop chasing the likes and start doing more likable things Ooh. Ooh, is number one. And number two... If you can't change the people around you, change the people around you. I love that. <laughs> I absolutely love that. <laughs> it's brilliant. All right. Fabulous. Yeah, if you can't change people around you, change the people around you. Brilliant. All right, folks. www.shankman.com. Head over to shankminds.com slash NYC. Um, Peter's got an event January 24th in New York City. I am going to bend over backwards to be there. Uh, and if you've not already grabbed his books, obviously you can buy them any place books are sold on this planet. Um, go grab uh, fasterthannormalbook.com right now. Like, don't wait. Like, go over to Amazon and buy it right now. Uh, it's one of those things, especially for owners, coaches, instructors. I want you to read that, you know, both for yourself as well as I want you to think about who you could help within your gym, within your school, within your academy. Um, by having this information, you're better armed to help them better succeed. So that's where I want us to go.
All right, Peter, thank you so much for joining me today. I know you're back on the road to the airport, so thank you for uh, for sharing some of your time and a whole bunch of your wisdom with us. This has been fabulous. Pleasure was mine. Anytime. Alrighty, folks, that's all the time we've got today. Thanks so much for tuning in to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman. For more info about private coaching or to see if you'd benefit from one of my mastermind groups, visit me over at www.jasonmsilverman.com. I look forward to helping you achieve the success that you truly deserve. Until next time, let me leave you with this. Get out there and be the real deal. Set a goal, make a plan, work like hell towards it, and achieve the success that's waiting for you. Now's the time. Get out there and make it happen. This has been Jason Silverman, and I hope you have a spectacular week. You've been listening to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman. To access the great resources mentioned in the show and for information on coaching and mastermind group opportunities with Jason, please visit jasonmsilverman.com.